Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Uh, this is Mike, Mike Adams from Nothing But The Truth again. Um, I figure I can. I've been neglectful about finish, finishing a couple of the books that I started. The two uh, in particular was uh, The Vietnam, Why Did We Go? by Afro-Manhattan. And the other one is uh, The Rulers of Evil by Tupper Saucy. So I imagine I should try to finish that for even others quite a bit of a gap between the two as far as recordings go, but um, we were dealing with some important matters like Daniel's 70th week and uh, you, you know, uh, characteristics of the Antichrist and etc. So, but I figure, you know, since I have a little bit of time today and I don't really have much of a life, I guess. <laughs> I do another recording, so uh, this is, uh, you know, you know where did we go? Um, the religious beginnings of an unholy war. The shocking story of the Catholic Church's role in starting Vietnam War by Avril Manhattan. And uh, I can't remember when I, if I finished off in Chapter 12 or not. So I'm going to start there and just... Um, I believe we did. Uh, I know. I'm pretty positive we did 11. If we didn't, uh, you can always read it online. So it's a book that's on Reformation.org, and uh, I imagine you can find it other places too. The PDF. And uh, anyways, here we go. Oh, I probably should read the little caption first. <clears throat> a CIA plane cancels a summit meeting. Cardinal Spellman's war replaces the preventative war planned by the Dulles brothers and Pope Pius XII, and the two partners and their global objectives. Soviet Russia invades Hungary, impending outbreak of World War III. Uh, the true foreign policy makers of the U.S., the CIA's promotion of American foreign policies, collapses of the American-Russian summit meeting, um, collapse of the American-Russian summit meeting, the CIA and spy plane on the brink of atomic war three times, the U.S. threatens use of atomic war weapons, church prays for the liberation the third secret of the Virgin of Fatima, the Pope faints with horror. He calls for a war and effective self-defense. Communist expansion in Europe and South Southeast Asia. And you might go, why do I care to know about Vietnam? Well, <clears throat> by reading this book, you should just get some 
insights and recognize the similarities of what we're witnessing in this country uh, with the immigration or illegal immigration, depending on how you want to look at it, of the southern border, what's going on in Ferguson and other places. And whether we can recognize or not, it seems that we might just be in a war right now in the United States of America. I don't know. I don't want it to be that way. But not much makes sense unless you apply the lessons from this book. And so let's, let's, let's enjoy this book, huh? A CIA plane, a CIA spy plane cancels a summit meeting, Chapter 12. The Catholic repression of South Vietnam was not the work of a fanatical individual or a group of individuals like the three Dim brothers, the D-I-E-M brothers, D-M, dedicated to Catholicism or Catholicization of the Buddhist country. It was the byproduct of a well-calculated, long-range policy conceived and promoted by minds whose basic objectives were the expansion at all costs of a religion which they were convinced was the only true religion on earth. How many times have we heard that in our lives? So many people think they have the only true religion on earth. The main inspirer and prosecutor of such a policy, as we have already seen, was Pope Pius XII. Such policy was totally consistent with his global strategy, directed at two fundamental objectives, the destruction of communism and the expansion of the Catholic Church. And now you will, if you do a little study on communism, you will realize that (laughs) he actually came from the Catholic Church. Catholic Church hierarchy and the Jesuits. Pope Pius XII had dedicated his whole... Okay, no, we didn't. Pope Pius XII had dedicated his whole life to the pursuance of both with a dedication which was admired by friends and feared by his foes. He was one of the inspirers of the Cold War. The Vietnam War, in its turn, was a logical offspring of a greater global ideological conflict which had come to the fore following the termination of World War II and which had evolved the continuous expansion of communist Russia in Europe and Asia. The U.S. determined to stop such red expansion at all costs. As we have indicated earlier, such conflict had drawn the Vatican and the U.S. together in the pursuance of a common anti-communist strategy. Each used whatever weapons it could muster in their own respective military fields. 
where the U.S. employed its economic and military might, the Vatican deployed its solar weapons of diplomacy, political pressure, and above all, of religion. These weapons were used with increasing liberality in Vietnam from the very beginning. The two partners had the same political objective, the elimination of communism in Indochina. In the 50s, the U.S. had attempted the same in Korea and, and had failed. Encouraged by such American failures, Soviet Russia attempted another territorial conquest, this time in Europe. In 1956 through 57, justify herself with the excuse of a Catholic nationalist anti-communist plot, Soviet Russia sent her tanks rolling into Hungary, occupied that country, and set up an Iron Fist communist dictatorship in Budapest. The latent tension between Soviet Russia and our communist empire and the U.S. Vatican partners came to a fore once again. It talks about an impending outbreak of World War III were heard once more on both sides of the Atlantic. The fear was not caused by rhetorical threats or by empty diplomatic gestures. <laughs> How close to war the world had come at this juncture, only a few years after the Korean conflict was eventually disclosed by the highest American authorities, authority who knew more than anybody else what had been going on behind the scenes, namely John Foster Dulles, the U.S. Secretary of State. He knew, he knew simply because he was the w one of the main organizers of the grand CIA Fatima scheme. As we have already said, John Foster Dulles at this time was the venerable foreign policymaker of the U.S. General Eisenhower, the president, a good man, knew, about, knew more about war than about intricacies of foreign policy. As a result, he left practically the entire field in the hands of Dulles whose paramount obsession was communism. Such obsessions matched that of Pope Pius XII. Dulles mobilized all the immense resources of the U.S. to deal with the war over, deal with it the world over, excuse me. He turned into the staunchest associate of Pius XII. <clears throat> the association became one of the most vulnerable working partnerships of the period. Dulles conducted his policies very often without the approval or even the knowledge of the president. He was helped in this by the fact that, in addition to the regular U.S. diplomatic machinery, he used more than anything else the secretive and omnipotent apparatus of the CIA. Indeed, it can be said that he conducted American foreign policy via the CIA. This was facilitated by the ominous fact 
that the inspirer, dictator, and master controller of the whole CIA was none other than his own brother, Alan Dulles. The two brothers worked so closely together that President Eisenhower more than once had his official policy nullified by the CIA. The most spectacular example being the collapse of the American-Russian summit meeting in 1960, when the CIA sent a spy plane over Russia so as to prevent the American president and the Russian premier from terminating the Cold War. The meeting, thanks to the CIA plane, was canceled. It was one of the CIA's most sensational triumphs. John Foster Dulles, whose son incidentally became a Jesuit, and Alan Dulles, in total accord with Vatican intelligence, conducted a foreign policy based on threats of massive retaliation, that is, an atomic warfare. At the height of the Hungarian insurrection, that is, in 1956, John Foster Dulles openly acknowledged to a horrified world that the U.S. had stood on the brink three times. Mr. Dulles admitted that the U.S. had on three occasions in the past 18 months come closer to atomic war than was imagined. As the London and New York Times summarily reported, the Third World War had been avoided. They further commented, only because Mr. Dulles had seen it, seen to it that Moscow and Peking were informed of U.S. intentions of using atomic weapons. <clears throat> what did Pope Pius XII do during these terrible crises? Practically since he, more than anyone else, in the highest positions, knew what was going on behind the scenes between the U.S. and Russia. Excuse me, particularly since he, more than anyone else in highest positions, knew what was going on behind the scenes between the U.S. and Russia. <clears throat> he intensified the cult of Fatima. The cult was given added luster and impetus. Catholic churches prayed for the liberation, that is, for a speedy fulfillment of prophecy of Our Lady. This also in the view of the fact that the third secret of Our Lady of Fatima had been revealed within a few years, that is, in 1960. Although no one knew what the Fatima secret was, it was whispered that it was the immediate liberation and conversion of Russia. Pope Pius XII, of course, could not let Our Lady's third and last secret remain a secret to, from him, too. He had, to seal, he had a sealed letter containing the secret according to one of the children who had spoken to Our Lady of Fatima opened. He then related that Upon reading it, he had almost fainted with horrifying astonishment. And it was as good 
a method as any to incite the Fatima frenzy to even higher expectations. <clears throat> no content with this Pius Twelfth came not excuse me, not content with this Pope Pius XII came to the fore person, personally to con- condition the Catholic world to the oncoming war. Thus, during the winter of 1956 and 57, immediately following the failure of the Hungarian counter-revolution, he brazenly called upon all Catholics to join in a venerable Fatima crusade. He urged them to take part in a war of effective self-defense, asking that the United Nations be given the right and power of forestalling all military intervention of one state into another. Indeed, at this very terrible period, when the U.S. and Russia were truly on the brink of atomic war, he went so far as to have as we have already quoted, as to re- reiterate the morality of defensive war, thus echoing the words of his uh, secret chamberlain, the Secretary of the U.S. Navy, Mr. Matthews, in his famous Boston speech. The following year, October 1958, Pope Pius XII, assailed by even more frequent attacks of nerves, asthma, and general neurosis died. For years, he had been sustained by immense amount of drugs, possibly the real cause of many hallucinations promptly accounted as miracles by his admirers. When during and after the Russian invasion of Hungary and Europe, communism set out upon a territorial conquest of Indochina, the U.S., still smarting under the defeat of Korea, found a willing ally in the Catholic Church, as we have already pointed out. Alrighty, chapter 13. The Vatican attempts to prevent peace. Pope John the 23rd rejects Geneva Agreement while a U.S. Catholic president goes for unlimited commitment. The Viet Minh upsets the Catholic Church. Geneva Agreement is anathema for the Vatican. Why the Vatican encouraged the U.S. to intervene in Vietnam. Why Diem refused to hold a free election. Why North Vietnam wanted the free election. What an American senator has to say about it. A cardinal who flew in American military aircraft. American troops the soldiers of Christ, Vietnam, is consecrated to the Virgin Mary, Pope creates an archdiocese 
in communist Vietnam. Pope John XXIII, ecumenism versus realism. The Vietnamese Catholic Mafia and the Three Brothers, Kennedy escalates the war, unlimited committed commitment in Vietnam. Chapter 13, the Vatican attempts to prevent peace. When the French started to crumble under the relentless blows of the communists in Indochina, the Catholic Church welcomed the U.S. intervention, hopefully expecting that American presence would help expedite the conquest of the entire province. The Church had already been in the field combating a retroactive campaign against red expansionism. <clears throat> the military and ideological success of the Vietnamese and the increasing popularity of their cause upset the Vatican's hopes. It led to something which the Vatican had always opposed, namely the division of Vietnam into two halves, north and south. The Geneva Agreement, which sanctioned such division, therefore became anathema to Vatican strategists as much as it was to its supporters in the U.S. But whereas the U.S. came to accept the split in military and political terms, no matter how provisional, the Vatican never did so. It's, it, it judged the division as a major setback almost as great as the defeat of the French. <clears throat> okay. The Vatican, however, while rejecting the split of the country, continued to cooperate and indeed to encourage an ever deeper intervention of the U.S. The battle to use American economic and military strength to carry on with the promotion of a unified Vietnam, where ultimately the, the church would rule supreme once the war had been won. The Vatican never accepted the division of Vietnam as envisioned by Geneva. Because of the consistencies of its general strategy, this could be identified with the pursuit of four main objectives. One, the maintenance of the unity of Vietnam. Two, total elimination of communism. Three, capitalization of the whole country, and for the creation of a totalitarian Catholic state to achieve and maintain the first three. Steps had been taken long before the division occurred for the uh, con concretization, concretization, I can never say that word, concretization, Concretization of such a policy. As we have already seen, it was the Vatican. With the help of the U.S. Catholic lobby, headed by Cardinal Spillman, that initially propelled Diem into power, the powerful trio 
namely Pope Pius XII, Cardinal Spellman, and John Foster Dulles, were behind the setting up of the semi-totalitarian regime in South Vietnam from its inception. It was they, in fact, who advised him to challenge the Geneva Agreement and to refuse to have elections as promised to the people of Vietnam in order to find out whether the Vietnamese people wanted unification or not. <clears throat> we have seen what the, disaster, what the disastrous results of such refusal pertained for Vietnam and the U.S. itself. Subsequent efforts to reach some from some form of understanding with North Vietnam were consistently scotched by uh, President Diem. Upon the, the direct advice of the Vatican in Washington, in July of 1955, according to Geneva Agreement, Diem had been expected to begin a consultations for elections uh, scheduled in 1956. The conference declared that so far as Vietnam is concerned, the settlement of the political problems on the basis of respect of, for the principles of independence, national elections shall be held uh, in July 1956 under the supervision of an international commission. The Republic of North Vietnam suggested to Diem that the pre-electoral consultative conference should be held. This was done in May and June of 1956 and in July of 1957, in May of 1958, and again in July of 1959. The offer was to be negotiated between North and South Vietnam on the basis of free general elections by secret ballot. All such offers were rejected. Yan refused to have the elections called for and Article 7 of the Declaration of Geneva Agreements. The U.S. supported him fully. The result of such refusal was the disastrous civil war which ensued. American Senator Ernest uh, Gruning, and it's G-R-U-E-N-I-N-G, Gruning, Gruning, in a speech delivered to the U.S. Senate in April 1965, had this to say about it. That civil war began when Niem's regime, at our urging, refused to carry out the provisions provision contained in the Geneva Agreement to hold elections for the reunification of Vietnam. The accusation of the senator was correct. What he failed to tell the Senate, and thus the American people, however, was the fact that the real culprit responsible for such a breach of faith had not even been mentioned. This for the simple reason that they were active behind the scenes in the corridors of the Secretary of Diplomacy 
which was beyond the reach of the government. It could not be otherwise, since such secret diplomacy was the brainchild of a church which was pursuing ideological objectives to ultimately aggrandize herself in the religious field. The better to conduct her policy, therefore, she had turned one of her representatives into a subtle, relentless politician who, although never elected by any American voter, nevertheless could exert more influence in the conduct of American diplomacy than, than any individual in the House of Representatives, the Senate, or even the U.S. government itself. The name of such a person was Colonel Spelman. When will these people get tired of this and say enough's enough? <clears throat> Even the Roman Catholics in the federal government should be recognizing their own enslavement at this point. Colonel Spellman was so identified with the Vietnam War that after he came out in the open prior to, to years of hidden promotional activities, he became the popular epitome of the war itself, and this to such an extent that the Vietnam War eventually was labeled the Spillman War. This was not a scornful uh, adjective. It was the verbal uh, 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 epitome or epitome Gosh, I can wish my tongue would work. I hate this MS. The epitome of concrete reality. Colonel Spillman as the personalized vehicle of the double uh, Vatican American strategy had began to represent the Catholic American policy itself. To that effect, he was fully endowed with the right attributes. He was the religious military representative of both the Catholic and military powers since he represented both being the vicar of American armed forces of the U.S. He was always flown in American military craft, visited regularly the U.S. troops in Vietnam, and repeatedly declared with the personal approval of both, both, both Pius XII and J.F. Dulles that the U.S. troops in South Vietnam were the soldiers of Christ, which in this context, being cardinal of the Catholic Church, meant soldiers of the Catholic Church. During the conflict, while the North was attempting to reach some form of agreement with the South, the Vatican intervened again and again to prevent any kind of understanding between the two. This it did by the most blatant use of religion. During the Marian Congress of 1959 held in Saigon, for instance, it consecrated the whole of Vietnam to the Virgin Mary. The consecration had been inspired by Rome. This sealed for good any possibility of peaceful cooperation between North and South Vietnam since to the millions of Catholics which fled, which had fled 
the consecration of the whole of Vietnam to the Virgin had the gravest political implications. To them, it meant one thing, no cooperation with the North. The following year, the Viet, uh, the Viet, excuse me, the Vatican went further and took on even more serious steps. It was a well-calculated move, which although seemingly of an ecclesiastical nature, yet had the most profound political implication. On December 8, 1960, Pope, the Pope established an ordinary Catholic Episcopal hierarchy for all of Vietnam. Thereupon, he took an even more daring step. He created an archdiocese in the capital of the communist north itself. This was done not by Pope Pius XII, the arch enemy of the communists or communism and the architect of the original Vietnam religious political strategy, who meanwhile had died in 1958, but by his successor, John, Pope John XXIII, the initiator of the ecumenism of ecumenism and of goodwill to all men. The implication was that the Vatican considered the whole of Vietnam one indivisible country, which in this context meant that the North had to be, to be joined with the South, ruled as it was by a devout son of the Church. Sons would have been a more realistic description since South Vietnam by now had become the political domain of a single family whose members had had partitioned the land and the governmental machinery into fortresses from which to impose the Catholic yoke upon an unwilling population. President Dim was not only the official head of the government, he was also the head of a family junta composed of exceptionally zealous Catholics who monopolized the most important offices of the regime. Sounds familiar, sounds like this country. One brother, um, I hate these names, I think it's No Dim Luyen, Luyen, Luyen. So it's we're going to say New Dim Luyen ruled the province of the Cham minorities. Another brother, New Dim Chan or Chan, governed central Vietnam as a warlord from the town of Hu, the center of the of Buddhism. A third brother, New Dim or No Do Dim Fuck <laughs> these names was the, the Central Catholic Archbishop of the province of uh uh Thua Thothin. Thothin, something like that. Yet another brother, No Dim New a trade union leader, was the head of the semi-secret Can Lo movement and head of the fearful secret police. His wife was Madame Nu, better known as the Dragon Lady. It's amazing. 
Her father became ambassador of the U.S. There were also new nephews, nieces, and others, all zealous Catholics. In addition to these, there were friends, army officers, judges, top civil service officials, and all Catholics acting in total accordance with the Catholic Church and her objectives. Seen from this angle, therefore the Vatican moves were most sufficient in religious and political terms. There's got a picture of John F. Kennedy, first Catholic president of the U.S. Kennedy as senator was part of a Catholic lobby which pushed for the installation of a Catholic president in South Vietnam. As early as 1954 to 1955, he advocated military intervention to help the French hold back communist advancements in North Vietnam. He was instrumental in the installation of New Dong Dim as Prime Minister. When Kennedy became president, he rapidly escalated the U.S. military involvement to in support of Dim's Catholic regime. Later, when Dim's uh, persecution of the Buddhists began to draw fire from the world opinion, Kennedy had to choose between supporting his church's efforts or promoting his own political career. He chose to pursue Dim. His choice to pursue Dim to let up uh, on persecutions. Dim's Buddhist generals seized the opportunity to assassinate Dim. Three weeks later, Kennedy himself fell. To an assassination bullets, assassin's bullet. Hmm, that's interesting. I didn't know that. So, Dim was assassinated, and three weeks later, Kennedy was. Kennedy was pressuring Dim to let up on the persecution. So Kennedy's assassination, Vietnam, and the church seemed to have some kind of connection. This was so, not only because of the situation in Vietnam as a whole, and South Vietnam in particular, but equally because a, a no less... A pretentious event, meanwhile, had occurred in the U.S. itself. Kennedy administration was taking over the, from President Eisenhower. Kennedy, the fervent Catholic lobbyist and supporter of DIM, set in earnest to promote a, the policy he had advocated for so long while still a, a senator. It was no coincidence that as soon as he was in the White House, Kennedy escalated the U.S. involvement in South Vietnam. By the end of 1961, 30,000 Americans had been sent into Vietnam to prosecute the war and thus indirectly helped the Catholic Diem and his Catholic regime. It's far, a far cry from the mere 1,000 American advisors sent so reluctantly by his predecessor, Eisenhower. The result was that the limited risk gamble of President Eisenhower 
had been suddenly transformed into an unlimited commitment by the Catholic DM sponsor, Catholic President Kennedy. It was the beginning of the disastrous American involvement into the Vietnam War. <clears throat> For uh, chapter 14, Religious Persecution and Suicides by Fire. World opinion forces the U.S. to deplore re repressive actions of DiEM. The Catholic minority and the Buddhists, uh, the sectarian volcano outbursts out into the open. Uh, a Vatican flag in Buddhist city, celebration for Buddha's birthday forbidden. The giant gong of, I never pronounced these, I can't pronounce much of these foreign names anyways. I'm going to say uh, Ze Lo Pagado, that's X A Loi Pagado, some. Uh, the Buddhist burned the Catholic village, monks' message, suicide by fire, mass demonstrations get the M, orders to close all pagodas, the Buddhists killed by DM's police, Buddhist students arrested and tortured, refuse, um, ref refuge in American embassy, the Americans are shocked at DM's ruthlessness, the U.S. deplores repressive actions, the Catholic DM lobby minimizes Buddhist agitations. Same thing over and over again, folks. Now we're in chapter 14, religious persecution, suicide by fire. The gravity of DM's policy of religious repression can best be judged if we remember that Christianity in Southeast Asia was a minority, and furthermore, that the Catholic Church was a minority of a minority. So that I was lighted by someone that was on the show who said that there's a big Protestant movement. There was a minority, a small minority, apparently. In Vietnam, out of the total population at the time, between 10 to 11 million people, only one one and a half million were all the Catholics. These were Two-thirds two were refugees from the north, whereas the other Christians, mostly Baptists and Seventh-day Adventists, numbered approximately 50,000. Well, there was something there. I wasn't really lied to, but it was just exaggerated. Okay. The rest of the country was uh, solidly Buddhist and, or professed rel religions derivatives from uh, Buddhism. This meant that the that the, the Catholics made up a mere 12 to 13 percent of the whole of South Vietnam. The equivalent would be as if a mere 12 to 13 percent of Buddhists or Hindus or Muslims should attempt to terrorize 230 million people of the U.S., the great bulk of whom are Christians. Well, don't be surprised if that ends up happening. 
his campaign of erosion and of direct and indirect elimination of their religious and political influences on Buddhism, of course, had run concurrently with the creation of a police state and with the increasing acceleration of his capitalization of the state of an army and a police force. While so engaged, Diem's anti-Buddhist activities had been um, astutely kept in the background. This policy was justified since before dealing with the problem, he had first strengthened his political and police apparatus. The spark was ignited when the sectarian volcano, which had been simmering under the surface for some time, finally burst out into the open in June the 5th of 1963. The Roman Catholics celebrated the day to honor Archbishop No Dim Thuk, Dim's brother, and their Elation, they flew the flag of the Vatican at Hu, a prominently Buddhist city. There was no opposition or any violent protest on the part of the Buddhists. Three days later, the whole of South Vietnam prepared itself to celebrate the 2,507th birthday of Buddha. The celebration centered in Hu, the center of the Buddhist cultural culture during more than 2,000 years. The Buddhists asked permission to fly the Buddhist flag. The young government answered a resounding no. When the day arrived, thousands of Buddhists protested the government's refusal. In addition, Diem, two days before, had issued an ordinance which forbade the carrying of religious banners. The ordinance became known only after the Catholics had flown the Vatican flag. Diem's troops fired on the crowd and killed nine Buddhists. As a result of such blatant Catholic sectarianism, demonstrations took place all over South Vietnam. Buddhist leaders went to see Diem and asked for an end of such discriminations. Diem refused to pay indemnities for the victims and refuse responsibility and to cap it all, refused to punish those who had been responsible for the killing. The Buddhist leaders, undeterred, gathered 400 monks and nuns, and on May 30, sat down for four hours before the National Assembly in the heart of Saigon. Then, since nothing happened, they declared a 48-hour hunger strike. The hunger strike spread elsewhere. After a token gesture during which he has discharged three of his officials, Diem stated that the killings had been caused by communist agitators. The hunger strike spread to general to the general population until over 10,000 individuals participated in Saigon alone. To add to the solemnity of the mass protest, the giant gong told incessantly from its uh, principal tower, the gong of uh, Zay Leo Pagoda, 
in the other Buddhist capital who the peaceful demonstration took a violent turn and fighting broke out. The violence was so unrestrained that the main pagoda of two dim was left almost in ruins. The Buddhist tolerance finally gave way to concrete anger. The Buddhist crowd took a took the law into their own hands and burned to the ground the whole of Catholic village the whole, a whole Catholic village next to Danang in Hue as violence recurred the authorities imposed law as a result the Buddhist crowd led by students demonstrated before the House of Government delegates who called in troops Blister gas was used, and over 77 individuals were hospitalized with blister burns. Welcome to our future, folks. This is what happens when Rome runs the show. More Buddhist demonstrations followed. All in vain, finally, an elderly Buddhist monk, superior to, superior, Hitch Quang Duck, I don't know if that's pronounced right, but Fitch Duck sent a message to President Dim. The message enforced a policy of religious equality, thereupon having uh, calmly sat down in the main street of Saigon, pour gasoline on himself and burn himself to death. It was June 2nd, 1963. The self Emulation caused enormous reaction within and outside of South Vietnam. The world at large could not understand what was going on. The media having knowingly and unknowingly given muddled and contradictory reports about the true state of affairs. The M, however, did not budge. Other Buddhist monks followed Thick Quack Duck's example. Within a brief period, six of them burned themselves to death as protest. And, of course, nothing's new. The media is still controlled by the Jesuits and by Rome, and they still will not tell us the truth. Jim and most of his Catholic supporters were unimpressed. Indeed, some of them even jested about the monk's self-emulation. Madame knew Diem's sister-in-law, for instance, commented about the Buddhists barbecuing themselves. Buddhist demonstrations continued during the following month. On July 30, 30,000 participants in protest at Saigon and Hue and a and latter city in the latter city, August 13th, there was quite was quite uncontrollable violence. Another young Buddhist monk, Thich Phan Tuk, burned himself to death in the Puk Dan Duyan Pagoda, following the example of yet another a few days before. Thich. Guyan Hong, who had done the same on August 4th. Then on August 15th, a woman, Buddhist nun, 
Jin Quang. Quang? Jiu Quang? Emulated herself in the courtyard of uh, Tu Dam Pagoda. Following such individual and mass Buddhist demonstrations, DM finally took off the mask, promulgating a siege of the whole country by declaring a state of martial law. Welcome to our future, folks. DM's policies were let loose. They occupied, sealed, and plundered pagoda, plundered pagoda after pagoda in the capital, and who... Um, uh, uh, I've got to figure out this word. Yeah. I think it's Kanhoa, Danang, and other towns. If anybody's never listened to this in the you know, Vietnam, or Vietnamese, excuse me, please forgive me. They put down demonstrations with the utmost brutality and beat many Buddhist monks. Finally, and an order was issued to close all pagodas. The order was greeted with collective anger. Riots occurred in the city of Hu alone, and on August the 21st, no less than 100 Buddhists were killed by the M police, 30 of them Buddhist students. Welcome to our future, folks. The massacre was followed by mass arrests. Buddhist monks and nuns were detained by thousands all over South Vietnam. DM's agents shot at random or organized uh, this, uh, trunkened rampages against the uh, Buddhist crowd. Special forces under the a guise of uh, Ego Din Nu arrested any Buddhist leaders they could find. Prominent Buddhists were tortured by special police. Pagodas were besieged. 200 students were arrested with another 6,000 individuals in August the 25th. Two days later, the, 20, the 27th, 4,000 were detained. And, you know, this always gets worse, you know, folks. Detentions. It leads to death and rapes and murder and all sorts of terrible things. On September 3rd, 5,600 pupils demonstrated at schools. On September 15th, 6,000 more pupils demonstrated at Delat and other places. In early October, thousands of Buddhist students were arrested and tortured by news agents. Buddhist leaders went into hiding. One of the most prominent, uh, Fitch Tri Quang, seeking safety within the walls of the American Embassy itself. It is to the credit of many Americans and civil and military administrations that they expressed their horror at what they were witnessing with their own eyes. Most of them, although confused, as to the basic issue of the religious-political conflict, nevertheless, were highly shocked at the ruthlessness of DM's regime. At Washington, the feelings were no less deep. There were recriminations and criticism. South Vietnam, South Vietnam 
religious persecutions were threatening the domestic peace within the U.S. itself. Besides, the rest of the world was beginning to take notice of the events by openly asking awkward questions as to the real objective of the U.S. presence in Southeast Asia, which turns out to be the promotion of Roman Catholicism, which, by the way, folks, is not Christianity. Finally, the U.S. issued a declaration. It appears that the government of the Republic of Vietnam had instituted serious repressive measures against the Vietnamese Buddhist leaders. The U.S. Deplore, uh, deplores repressive action of this nature. Notwithstanding this, the worldwide uh, publicity, the media of America remains strangely silent about the whole issue, as usual, don't you think? When they were forced to report the news of the religious persecution of the Buddhists by the Catholic DM, either they gave them the smallest coverage or minimized the whole issue when, when no slanting of the news altogether, when not slanting the news altogether. The Catholic CIA DM lobby saw to it the whole picture became effectively blurred lest American people take action. And they've been lying to us forever. And there's got a couple of pictures here about the monks being burnt. And it uh, makes me really sick to my stomach, to be honest with you. Okay, Religious Persecution and Suicide by Fire, Chapter 14. Let me see what's going on here. Looks like we just read this. Looks like we got to copy that. Okay. We're not. We are done with 14. We're now on chapter 15, the end of Catholic dictatorship. The assassination of two Catholic presidents. Why the American embassy was against Young's appointment, a disastrous choice. Kennedy's, Kennedy's double dilemma. Young's religious political priorities, Catholic dictatorship of Croatia and Vietnam compared. Yeah, and public main objectives. Diem's religious operations endangered the U.S. war efforts in Vietnam. Buddhist deserters lead the Vietnamese army. Steps to avoid a disintegration of the army. Americans subsidized the, the Vietnam the subsidies to Vietnam are suspended. CIA, CIA chief recalled a free hand for the coup against Diem. Diem and his brother are shot to death. President Kennedy is killed. Ten additional years of Vietnam War. The final price, 58,000 young American lives, not to mention all the millions of Vietnamese that needlessly had to die for such a satanic endeavor. Oh, wait a minute. Wasn't this for their freedom? I guess not. <clears throat> The end of the Catholic dictatorship. To the Vatican, Vietnam was another exercise for planting 
planting of Catholic authoritarianism in an alien land against the wishes of the majority of the population. Kind of like the Western Hemisphere, huh? The New World Order. The Vatican is a master at using political and military opportunities to further its own religious policies, which ultimately means the expansion of the Catholic Church, which it represents. To promote such policies as a rule, she will use individuals who are generally religious to further her religious and political objectives. The case of Diem is a classic example. The Vatican supported Diem because he was a genuine Catholic. The U.S. supported him because he was a genuine anti-communist. At this time, since the policy of the Catholic Church was totally anti-communist, it followed that a genuine Catholic would follow his church and be as genuinely anti-communist as she was. <clears throat> to the U.S. Secretary of State and the Vatican, therefore the religious genuineness and ascetism of Diem was the surest guarantee that Diem would execute their joint policy with the utmost fidelity, and in this they would write as subsequent events demonstrated and excuse me and in this they were right as subsequent events demonstrate people who know better however were not the same and of the same opinion about dm's suitability the american embassy for instance advised against him from be from the very beginning the embassy's warning was completely ignored by Washington, as usual, and although the State Department itself was against the choice, the Special Operations Branch of the Pentagon insisted on DM, as usual. It had, it had its way. <clears throat> what was the explanation? A certain clique at the Pentagon, inspired by another in the CIA with intimate links to the Catholic lobby in Washington and certain cardinals in the U.S., and consequently in perfect accord with the Vatican, had decided to have a staunch Catholic in South Vietnam. It must be remembered that this was the period when the Cold War was at its worst. Its arch exponents, the Dulles brothers, one uh, at the State Department, the other at the CIA, and Pius XII at the Vatican, were conducting a joint diplomatic, political, and ideological grand strategy embracing both the West and Far East from Vietnam, uh, Far East, of which Vietnam was an integral part. The choice proved a disaster for South Vietnam and for U.S. Asian policy, as we have just seen. Their religious issues was eventually to stultify the whole grand American strategy, the strategic pattern there. 
I'll tell you one thing, the, the Roman Catholic Church and the Jesuits and their machinations seem to always turn out this way. But then again, they're in enmity with God himself and with God's people, so this is what the result is. They, they are led by Satan, and what is Satan's creation? What is the great confusion? Death, destruction, surprise, surprise. Two Catholic presidents, D.M. Kennedy, had become the, the heads of two nations so intimately involved in a most controversial war from the Vatican's point of view and the promotion of its plans in Asia were concerned. This had unlimited possibilities. In different circumstances, the sharing of common religious beliefs might have helped in the conduct of a common policy since the political interests of the two countries ran parallel. With Catholic DM pursuing such um, uh, lip service, with a Catholic DM pursuing such an archonostic Anarchic Anarchic religious persecutions. I'm not saying that one right. My pause. However, the Catholic Kennedy felt increasingly ill at ease since he was too. Uh, Astute, uh, astute uh, a politician to compromise his political career or to sacrifice the interests of the U.S. for the sake of a fellow Catholic who, after all, was incurring the uh, opprobrium of the vast majority of Americans, uh, m most of whom still looked upon Kennedy's Catholicism with suspicion. Has the Kennedy administration blessing upon the final overthrow of the Yim regime, but it is often the case with Catholics and authority that whenever the circumstances permit, there is no restriction by either constitutional clauses or other checks. They tend to conduct policy more and more consonant with the spirit of their religion. The result being that by combining their, the interests of their country with those of their church, more often than not, they create an unnecessary social and political fields. When this state of affairs is nearing a crisis only to the resistance of non-Catholic opposition, then the Catholics Exerting political and military power will not hesitate to use that power against those who oppose them. At this stage, the interests of their church will, as a rule, oust those of their of their country. This formula proved to be correct in the case of South Vietnam. President Dim, having provoked such a crisis, disregarded the interests of the country, no less 
than those of its protectors, the U.S., to pursue what he considered were the interests of the church, whereas political military factors uh, of no mean import played a leading part in the ultimate tragedy. It was the religious factor which obscured the political military vision of President Diem and led him to disaster. Only 20 years before, in Europe, another Catholic, another Catholic, uh, um, had created the Catholic state of Croatia in which the Catholic Church ruled supreme to the exclusion of any other religion like Diem, Pavlovich had justified Catholic totalitarianism on the grounds that a Catholic dictatorship was better than better was the best defense against communism. And of course that never is. Okay. According to such a concept that entitled him to launch not only the persecution of anyone or anything who was not Catholic, in his case the Orthodox Church, but also the extermination of more than 600,000 men, women, and children, one of the most horrific deeds of World War II. In Asia, the situation being diverse and the political and military backgrounds being supervised by the, a mighty power, the U.S., such excesses were not permitted, yet the preliminaries of religious persecution and concentration camps were indicative of what might have happened had not, had not world opinion and the restrictive influence of the U.S. not intervened. The religious and political ambitions of two Catholic dictators and their relationship with the Catholic Church, however, run parallel. Thus, whereas the political and military machinery controlled by Vietnamese and Croatian, Croatian dictators was put at the disposal of the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church put her spiritual and ecclesiastical machinery at the disposal of of the two dictators, who made everyone and everything subordinate to her religious and political totalitarianism. Both Diem and Pavlik had pursued three objectives simultaneously. First, the annihilation of a political enemy, i.e. communism, to the justification of annihilation of an enemy church, i.e. the Orthodox Church, in the case of Pavlov and Pavlovich and Buddhism in the case of Diem, and the installation of a Catholic religious and political tyranny in each country. Notwithstanding this different circumstances and geographical and cultural backgrounds, the pattern of the two regimes was exactly the same as Anything and anyone not conforming of submitting to, the, to Catholicism was to be ruthlessly destroyed by arrest, persecution, concentration camps, and executions, with the result that by uh, relegating the interests of their country to the background so as to further the interests of their religion, both dictators, 
finally brought their lands into abyss. In the case of President Diem, when he put Catholicism first, he eliminated not only the vast majority of South Vietnamese masses, but even more dangerous, the greatest bulk of the South Vietnamese army, who on the whole had supported him politically. It was this, the potential of factual factual endangering of the anti-communist front upon the Diem's policy had stood that finally set into motion the U.S. military intervention with all the disastrous results which were to follow. Although Diem remained as a U.S. political protege by pursuing a policy inspired by his own personal religious zeal and by the disregarding of certain diplomatic and political interests interconnected with the general general military strategy of the U.S., he had endangered the whole a whole policy of Southeast Asia. This became even more obvious not only because of the exceptional uh, restlessness which he provoked throughout the country, but above all because his religious persecutions had seriously imperiled the effectiveness of the army. It must be remembered that the vast majority of South Vietnamese troops were made up of Buddhists. Many of these, upon seeing their religious persecuted, originally the religion persecuted, their monks arrested, and their relatives in camps had become despondent and indeed mutinous. There were increasing cases of absenteeism desertions and even rebellions overall the result of this was not so much that the religious war was incapacitating the disease dm's regime itself but even worse that the military calculations of the u.s were being seriously imperiled the whole issue and this juncture at this juncture had become even more tragic because in the meantime the U.S. had elected her first Catholic president even more so because on the personal level Kennedy himself before reaching the White House had been a consistent supporter of Catholic Catholic DM. Indeed he had been one of the most influential members of the Catholic lobby which had stirred the U.S. towards the Vietnam War. As the domestic and military situation inside Vietnam went from bad to worse, the manipulators of the Southeast Asia made it clear to him with the full support of the military authorities on the spot that something drastic had to be done to prevent the total disintegration of the South Vietnam Army. The mounting tensions with uh, Soviet Russia and Red China made a move from Washington imperative and urgent since further international and military deterioration might provoke the whole of the anti-communist front to collapse from inside. The pressure became irresistible and the first ominous steps were taken. Subsidies to the Vietnam Special Forces were suspended. 
secret directives were given to various branches closely connected with the inner links between the U.S. and DM regime. Finally, on October 4th, 1963, John Richardson, the head of the CIA in Vietnam, was abruptly dismissed and recalled to Washington. Certain individuals understood that they were given a free hand for a coup against Diem. A coup was successfully engineered. President Diem and his brother, the hated head of the secret police, had to run for their lives. They were discovered by rebel troops hiding in a small Catholic church. Having been arrested, they were placed in a motor vehicle as state prisoners. Upon arrival of their destination, both Diem and his brother had been shot to death. Their bodies were relayed to St. Joseph's Hospital, only a few hundred yards away from uh, Zay Pagoda, the center of the Buddhist resistance to Diem's denominational persecution. Twenty days after the assassination of Diem, the first Catholic president of South Vietnam, the first Catholic president of the U.S., John F. Kennedy was himself assassinated in Dallas, Texas. Why and by whom has remained a secret ever since? <laughs> yeah. I think that uh, some people... It's time for a little bit of payback. For throwing us into a freaking religious war. Twenty days after the assassination of DM. The first Catholic president, okay, yeah, we do it. After the collapse of the present DM's dictatorship, the U.S. involvement in the war of Vietnam was to last another 10 years from 1963 to 1973. And, uh, you know, that's, it's an idea. I don't know for sure. On April 1975, let's see, let me finish this up. Saigon, the capital of Vietnam, fell to the communists. The following year, in June 24, 1976, the first session of the Vietnamese National Assembly opened. Excuse me, the first session of the Vietnamese National Assembly opened in Hanoi in the north. On July 2, 1976, North and South declared themselves reunited, thus ending the 20-year separation. Their new flag, a five-pointed yellow star, on a red background became the symbol of the new nation, the Socialist Republic of Vietnam. It had cost the Vietnamese people hundreds of thousands of wounded and dead, more than that. And the devastation of their country, immense human misery, it had cost the U.S. billions and billions of dollars, domestic and external bitterness, and the participation, participation, excuse me, of more than 5.5 million American men, who, with the loss of more than 58,000 young American lives, and uh, you know, I hear all these different theories about who killed Kennedy. You know, uh, I don't know, but they really could be that maybe uh, was payback putting us in a religious war. Or maybe it was something more sinister like um, 
you had to be silenced for some reason. Maybe he knew too much. I don't know. There's so many people, so many reasons why people want him gone. So I'm sure the Roman Catholic Church had something to do with it. So, anyways, I'm done with that for this reading. Thank you for anybody who listened to it and endure my butchering of words and uh, the Vietnamese language. But uh, hopefully, next time I'll remember that it's uh, starting chapter 16. So. Take care. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.